Andrew Womack Ministries presents this session from the 2014 Summer Family Bible Conference. We pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. Well, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 24, and um, we'll get into the Word in just a minute, but I have a funny first. Is that okay? This is, the, uh, this is the greatest blonde joke of all time. I call it the blonde's revenge. So this blonde is on a plane and beside her sits a distinguished attorney who on the inside loves to play games, especially with those he thinks he can take advantage of. And the lawyer looks over at the blonde and says, hey, do you wanna play a game? to pass the time. The blonde says, oh, I don't know. I'm not very good at games. So the lawyer said, oh, come on, it'll be fun. The blonde said, no, I don't, really, I don't ever win games. And he, and, and he said, well, here's, here's the deal. I'm gonna ask a question. If you, get the question <clears throat> if you get the question wrong, you give me $5. And then you ask me a question. If I get the question wrong, then I, I'll give you $1,000. So the blonde says, okay, you got a deal. So the lawyer asked, who was the first president of the United States? <clears throat> the blonde scratched her head, you know, oh man, I don't know, this is a tough one. She says, I don't know. She gives the attorney $5. So then, <clears throat> then the, he, uh, she asked, uh, it's her turn. So she asked, what has five legs five tails, five eyes, and seven mouths. Man, the, the attorney panics. <laughs> he, get, he, get, he gets on, he pays the, you know, puts his card in and pays, you know, to get on the phone. He calls all of his lifelines, you know, <laughs> they, all of his smart guys. They can't tell him, they can't give him the answer. So then he, he pays to get on the internet, you know, on the plane and he looks up Google, Google doesn't know. Man, he's just, so finally he hands her $1,000. Then it's her, <clears throat> then it's his turn. And, um, and, 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 and he's, uh, she said, okay, what's my next question? And he said, well, what was the answer to my question? And she said, I don't know, here's $5. <laughs> I'd say that blonde wasn't so dumb, was she? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, Acts chapter 24, verse uh, 15, and I'm reading from the New King James, the one the Apostle Paul used. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have hope. Well, I'm talking about Paul Milligan. <laughs> I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. You know, there is teaching out today that says that everybody's going to be saved regardless. Uh, you, well, you're going to have to cut this verse out if you believe that. 
Are you listening to me? That's not my message. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and man. I want to talk to you this morning about how to walk free from offense. How to walk free from offense. Here the, the, uh, the Apostle Paul said, I strive. That word strive means to exercise or train. He said, I've exercised and trained myself to have a conscience free from offense. Now this is the great Apostle Paul, first of all, toward God. And then toward men. Why, why, Paul, would you have to deal with offense toward God? Because God told him, to don't, don't, I don't want you to go to Bithynia. I don't want you to go to Asia. He has a, has a vision in the night. says, come over to Macedonia. And then he gets thrown in jail. Gets stripes on his back for just obeying God. How many of you know, sometimes when you obey the Lord, uh, you may have a storm going to the other side. And... And so you have to deal with offense. And you have to deal with offense, the temptation to be offended toward God that, uh, you know, he, he checked out and left town and didn't leave a callback number. You know, toward men who, who like when we started our first church, we had about 35, 40 people in a, in a home group. They were all encouraging us to start. So we started and they stayed away in droves. And so you have things like that where people, uh, where people can be offended. Now look at, um, look, look at uh, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And you know the story of the, di- the different types of, of ground. The parable of the sower sows the word. It's really the parable of the heart. Uh, verse uh, 14 of Mark 4. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown, where they hear. Satan immediately uh, comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are, are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, and they endure only for a time afterward when tribulation, that's just all kinds of problems, affliction, uh, situations, circumstances, and persecution, that has to do with people, arises for the word's sake. Immediately they stumble. King James says they're, they're in Greek says, said they're offended. Did you know that offense causes your heart, uh, uh, keeps your heart from being fruitful? Look at Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. I'm just giving you a foundation here, I don't, you, you know, the word's the same. In fact, Andrew has taught this at, that uh, out of the parable of the, of the sower there, that there's four different types of ground, but even the good ground has different levels of productivity and fruitfulness, 30, 60, 100 fold. And I don't want to be ground that doesn't, uh, that doesn't uh, fully manifest the word that's sown in my heart. An offense will, will stop the word dead in its tracks. And I know my wife and I pastored 27 years, 24 in one place, and we watched people sit on the second and third row. And then we, 
we, we tell them all the things about what, they, who, what God had given them uh, in, in, the, in their inheritance in Christ, all the blessings and benefits that they'd received. But then we start teaching responsibility scriptures. How many of you know that's part of God's grace too? If your understanding of grace stops with you and the benefits that you receive, it's, it's an incomplete understanding of grace. Grace is not just what God did for you and what He's done in you, but it's what He wants to do through you. And then so you begin to teach that and you notice they're on the, where they were on the second or third row, now they're in the back row. The next thing you know, they're gone. No, really what happened, they got offended. Are you listening to me? I mean, we, my wife and I started, we've known Andrew and Jamie since 1990. They came to our church every year. We, we've been to every minister's conference at Andrew and Jamie and, and uh, Wendell and Linda and Pastor Bob Nichols' urgence. We, we, fought, we started in 1994. And we never missed a minister's conference. But do you know, uh, does someone remember the year that we used to meet at Buena Vista? Up in the, and it would hold about 60 couples, very intimate. You got to know people. I mean, you're right there, you know, you're right there with Andrew and Jamie and, and all the apostles. <laughs> and the epistles. And so, we're, and we're just, we, it's a one, it was a wonderful, intimate time. And then Andrew, about the time that he announced that he'd, he'd been limiting God, then he said, now I'm, we're going to move this from from the, uh, up in the Buena Vista with 60 couples, and now we're going to open it up down in the springs where the students can come, more people can come. And you know, my flesh didn't like that. And a lot of ministers who've been coming year after year after year, you know, uh, their flesh didn't like it. Did your flesh like it? It was, didn't feel good because, you know, you had this intimate setting all the time. Now we're having to share Andrew <laughs> with you guys. Man, look what you did to us. <laughs> and, but you know, we, you, know you, you deal with it. You know, you don't like it. You know, it's a little bit of affliction. Okay, but then you get over it. We're in relationship with Andrew and Jamie. They're, if, they, if God told them to move, we're moving with them. Well, do you know some people got offended? They didn't come again. Nobody here like that, is there? That's why I'm preaching this message. <laughs> it's not you guys here, it's just those online, right? <laughs> Look at Philippians 1, verse 9, and this I pray. How many of you know Holy Spirit-inspired uh, prayers by the Apostle Paul uh, work today? Yeah, we can pray these prayers. This I pray that your love may abound still more and more in, not, in all knowledge and discernment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without what? Without offense until the day of Christ. Can I tell you that if your heart tolerates offense, 
Your, your heart is not going to be sincere and you're not going to be able to manifest the love of God in and through you the way that God intends you to if you tolerate offense. If you harbor offense. Are you listening to me? And, and you can go on down and read. He actually gave us examples here of how he dealt with offenses when they came. Look at verse uh, um, 15. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife. How many of you know if people are doing things of envy and strife and causing division and, and not doing things right, how many of you know you, that, could, that could be a, a reason for, for offense? And some from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition. You know, they're, they're self-promoters. Any of you ever, any, any of you ever been, met anybody like that? Any of you ever been anybody like that? I'm going to have an altar call for liars here in a little bit. <laughs> Supposing to add affliction to my chains, but l the l latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yet and will rejoice. What a great attitude that he had while he's in jail. And people preaching Christ of selfish ambition, saying Paul's nothing anymore. You know, he's on the shelf. Listen to me, follow me. Most of these guys and gals are trying to gather following after themselves. But you can get stuck like Chuck in your walk with God and become, instead of good, go from good ground and digress to stony ground where you don't bear any fruit because you harbored offense because somebody did it wrong. How many of you ever done anything wrong? <laughs> look, at, look at Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And I'm not going to spend, I'm going to, we're going to go to Matthew 24 and then we're going to go to, we're going to park at Luke 17. But Matthew 24 is Jesus' description of the last days. They ask him, what are the last days going to look like, the end of the age? He said, you know, wars and rumors of wars, all kinds of things going to happen, but then look at verse, then look at verse 10. And then many will be what? You know, it's one thing for an offense to come, it's another thing to become offended. Many will be offended or become offended. Now watch this. Here is the, here is the spiritual digression or downward spiral that happens once we allow an offense that comes to cause us to become offended, which by the way, <clears throat> becoming offended is not an event that happens to you, it's a decision you make. And here's the downward spiral that happens, watch this, many will be offended and then, and then will betray many, everybody say offended, Betrayed. betrayal, and will hate one another. Everyone say hatred. hatred. False prophets will arise. Say false prophets. false prophets. 
And it will deceive many. Say, everybody say deception. And in lawlessness will abound. Say lawlessness. And then the, the love of many will, uh, will grow cold. Everybody say cold love. I'm not so concerned about global warming as I am global chilling. But watch this. Here's the... Here's a downward spiral once an offense comes. How many of you guys have ever been offended? I mean, an offense has come to you. Okay, when, when, if you decide to let that lodge in your soul, here's what, Jesus said this is gonna happen. Not maybe or might. You're gonna enter into hate, betrayal, hatred, and, in what, and, and do you know where false prophets come from? False prophets rise from the place of becoming offended. They were true prophets who became offended and the true prophets who tolerated offense became a false prophet. And then they proliferate that and he goes on, if you, if you read the rest, of the rest of the chapter, he's talking about he that endures to the end will be saved and this gospel will be preached throughout the end of the world. Let me tell you who the gospel will not be preached through. Offended, false prophet, preachers and teachers. Who allow this to come. And look again, man, I've, I've been there. I've drank the Kool-Aid. I've been, you know... I've allowed myself to become offended for a time and then had to repent. But I don't know if this motivates you, but it sure motivates me. That we've got to, in this last day, we've got to guard our hearts from offense. Now, look at, look at, uh, that was just all the introduction. Look at, look at Luke 17. I'll have to just kind of give you the Cliff Notes version of the message, but the Lord downloaded this in me. I, I was just reading the Bible one day. How many of you know it's good to read? Amen. And I'm, I'm reading Luke, Luke 17, Luke chapter 17, and where, where the first verse, Jesus said, um, it's impossible that no offenses should come. And, you know, I'm going to talk about that in just, just a second, but then the Lord said, read the rest of the chapter because the rest of the chapter contains principles that will help you not become offended. He said here, it's impossible that offenses are, are not going to come. How many, again, you've been offended, right? You've had, I mean, offenses have come. Offenses come. And again, we pastored for 27 years, 24 in one place. <laughs> I mean, you go through all kinds of things. You get sheep bit, goat butted. You know, you know goats, don't you? I, I, I love you, Pastor, but. I love, I love my husband, but. It's a goat. Whatever's on the other end of your butt is what you really believe, by the way. Oh, I believe in healing, but. Yeah. You need, you, need to, you need to butt the circumstances with the truth. And, and so, you know, but people come to me all the time and they say, you know, I just can't believe 
So-and-so, they didn't invite me to their party. They didn't even think about me. They, they forgot me. They didn't call me. Uh, I, you know, I was, I've been working here for 15 years, and someone else just came last year, and they got promoted above me. I can't believe they do that. I can't believe that Andrew wouldn't just take a picture with me. He took a picture of 14 other people. <laughs> and you know what I tell them? Read, read Luke 17, 1. Believe it. I said, believe it. Don't tell me this garbage. You don't believe. You can't believe someone would do that. Believe it. Jesus said it's going to happen. Plus, I know me. I forgot to invite you to my party, didn't I? You didn't get the invitation, did you, Barry? It's my party. I'll invite who I want. Look, you need to give people permission to not invite you and you'll be okay about it. But we get offended over the silliest things. Look, life's going to happen. People are going to forget stuff. It's not, look, it's not, the, the bottom line is this, guys, that, that there's a bigger thing going on behind the scenes, and that is, what are you doing with those offenses when they come? If you don't process them properly, and you allow yourself to become offended, you will become unusable. You, you can uh, put yourself in the category of a false prophet. It's not a good place. Are you listening to me? Well, this doesn't sound like a grace message. Yeah, I'm going to give you grace to get out of your offense. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of, you, some of you ready to leave right now? You're already offended at me right now. I'm, just, I'm not offended. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> but now here's, here's real, uh, real quickly, I want to just go over these, these points with you. Um, about how, how to walk free from offense. Look at, uh, look at verse three. Take heed to yourselves. The first thing we've got to do is consider our own hearts and not, and not you know, uh, assume that we haven't allowed offense to, co to creep in. Because as men, we compartmentalize our lives. And many times we can walk in freedom in some areas and then we've, we've just totally shut somebody else off. Well, really what you've opened up the door to is the enemy to cause you to become a fall. He's training you instead of you exercising your heart like the Apostle Paul did to have a conscience free from offense toward God and man. You are rather training your heart to become a good false prophet. I didn't figure you'd jump up and down and <laughs> shout. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him and and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day, seven times in a day he returns to you. Say, I repent, you shall forgive him. Everybody say, forgive. Amen. So the first thing that has to happen, we begin to consider our own hearts. God, show me. If my heart, if I'm in my soul, I'm not, I'm not talking about my spirit. My spirit, we know spirit, soul, and body. But the problem's not in your spirit. The problem's in your soul. And it is your soul in the likeness of your spirit. He created us in the beginning in His image, that's our spirit. In His likeness, that's our soul. And then to have dominion. 
to the degree that we yield our soul to come into the likeness of, our, of the image of our spirit, we'll walk in dominion. Amen. That'll preach. So you, you've got to make, first of all, you've got to make this decision. I forgive everybody of everything all the time. Even if they don't ask for forgiveness. Because uh, the Apostle Paul said in, in Ephesians 5, you're to forgive as, as God in Christ, for Christ's sake, forgave you. And that is while we were yet sinners. Before we ever repented, he forgave us. Father, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. They stuck a knife in my back. Yeah, they know. No, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. No, they didn't know what they were doing. Yes, they knew what they were doing. No, they didn't. Je no, Jesus said they, he forgave them. They didn't know what, they, yeah, they put nails in his hands and his feet, but they did not know the spiritual implica implications. And so if we're gonna walk free from offense, we have to make a decision. I forgive everyone of everything all the time. Amen. You know what the problem is with that? You value your pain and your loss greater than the cross. You just want, you, you, you've started your own Victims Anonymous Club. You invite everybody over. You'll, you'll give them gold memberships. Let them be vice president of your club. Get out of that, get out of that, get out of that club. You're not a victim, you're a victor. Someone here, as I was praying about this, about this service, someone here, someone has really put a knife in your back financially. Can I tell you that there's a scripture that, that God, God gave me for you? I think it's uh, in, in second, I'm not gonna take time to look over there, but second Chronicles 25, six through nine, it's about King Amaziah who paid all this money for the children of Israel to fight with him and the prophet came and told him, listen, don't do that or you're gonna lose the battle. And then he said, well, what about the money? And here's the answer that the Lord's telling someone here today. The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Where you've been violated, where you've been, where someone's done you wrong, you, you, ta you, take, that, you take that violation you take that loss and, you, and you, you want control of it, take it and use it as a seed, plant it into their lives, sow it into the future, and praise God, God will give you more than what you lost. <laughs> forgive, everybody say forgive. forgive. Everyone, every, every time. Every time. Then, I, I'm not gonna have time to read all of this, but. Uh, verse 7 of uh, chapter 17 talks about, uh, you know, uh, s serving and, uh, and, and serving your master and serving others. And uh, in verse, verse 8 it says, Will he not rather say to him, prepare something for supper, gird yourself and serve me until I've eaten and drunk and afterward you'll eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. The second thing that will help you walk free from offense is serve without expectation. 
The problem is most of the time our service has a hook with it. We're expecting appreciation, recognition, compensation, or promotion. Appreciation, recognition, compensation, or promotion. If your, if your service has a hook with one of those four things on it, you're not yet serving. Who are you serving? Moi. And here's the deal, guys. Offense always is fueled by expectation. Well, at least they should have given me thanks. At least they could have recognized me for all the work I do. Man, that's a good attitude, isn't it? You know, I don't have time to, I could just, I could go on and on and on and give example after example about this. But the reason why people are offended all the time, they've got, they've got expectation. How many of you want to walk free from offense? Okay, here's how to do it. You want to know how to do it? <clears throat> when it comes to men, expect nothing. <laughs> and be thankful for everything. I walk free as a bird. As a bird. Because now, now if I agree with, with an employer for a salary amount, that's different. Or if, if they you know, give you a salary, they can expect you to, to do that. I'm just talking about in, my, in our relationships. I'm walking free from offense because I'm not expecting anything from you. And if I get a thank you, praise God. If I don't, praise God. If I get compensated, if I get recognized, if I get promoted, God's my promoter. Amen. Then, uh, then uh, number, number three or whatever number this is, uh, you know the story of the, of the ten lepers. And, the, and, and that's, in, that's in this context. He said, look, offenses are, it's impossible that offenses won't come. But he didn't leave us without instruction about how to walk free from offense. And here he gives the story of the lepers. And only one came back to give thanks. Listen, if you want to walk free from offense, you need to be thankful. You know, we had, we had a, in 1994, we went through an involuntary church split church plant called a church split. My worship leader took a third of my congregation. I was complaining one time. The Lord said, don't worry about it, son. My worship leader took a third of my congregation too. You're in, you're in good, you're in good company. But see, here was the problem is that we put, we poured into these people and, and, you know, then they left and we, they didn't even acknowledge us at Walmart or wherever. And uh, so, you know, we, we were, you know, we got focused on the ones that left. The Lord said, you need to be thankful for who's here. You need to be thankful for, you, for your wife. You need to be thankful for your life. You need to be thankful for your health. You stop focusing on what's gone and what you've lost. Again, value the cross greater than your loss. Amen. Start thanking God. Then, um, then look at, um, is this okay? It's all I got, so praise God. It's going to have to be. <clears throat> then, then in uh, verse, verse 20, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. 
Is it not true that when you're born again, you have the kingdom within you? Okay, you have his nature, you have his life, you have his love, you have, his, you have everything he is. Do you know what the kingdom of God and the nature of God is not offended? So what are you doing? Being offended. That's not the kingdom. No justification for it. I've got war wounds I could compare with yours and I'd probably beat most of you. My, my wife, when God spoke to me, at, we pastored the same church for 22 years, and God spoke to me, he had a new assignment for us. We transitioned uh, to, a, to the new assignment tra- after 24 years, gave that church to a son in the faith. Seven weeks later, I got fired from, an, from a Christian ministry for doing a good job. And I had to, I had to guard my heart. We had to guard our heart from offense. I just said, you know what? That man in his decision to take the ministry back over and pull the rug out from under me cannot stop me from the new assignment God has for me. No one can stop you from what God's called you to do. Not your husband, not your wife, not not your cousins, not your parents, not Somebody who fired you, doesn't matter. Listen, guys, God's got a, a, a powerful call on your life and a specific anointing on your life. Nobody can stop you. And we just took time, spent time with our relationships, said, God, you're going to have to show us, you know, what, you, what you, you, you told us you had a new assignment for us. So this guy's decision doesn't, doesn't negate that. And it, was, it wasn't seven weeks later, I was in Andrew's office, uh, helping Paul Milligan start the business school here, then helping Wendell with the, with the, extent, with the extension Bible call, schools. And man, everything took off. And now I'm, now I'm the dean of education of Karis Bible College from Decatur, Texas. Because I, we didn't allow ourselves to become offended. One more thing. Verse 32, remember Lot's wife. If you're going to stay free and walk free from offense, you can't be nursing the past. You can't be rehearsing the past all the time. I understand there are times when you have to share with someone who maybe is a mentor to you, you know, to help you process things, but not forever. We don't need to nurse that hurt. We need to take the thumb out of our mouths, take the bottle out of our mouths, take our toddler pants off, put our big boy and girl pants on, and grow up and and declare to the enemy, you will not find me in the school of false prophets. You will not find me when offenses come becoming offended because I value the cross greater than my loss. I value what Jesus did for me more than what anybody did to me. Amen. And you know what? We're walking free. There's not a smell of smoke on us. And here's the deal, guys. Every one of you has a, has a similar story. You've gone through those things. I understand it doesn't feel good when you get betrayed, does it? They're talking about you all that. But you know what? We've got, we've got a job to do. And there are people all over the world 
that need to hear your story, that need to receive your ministry. A true prophet of God, true prophetess of God, without offense. Amen? Stand up with me. Can I pray for you? Father, put, your, put one hand on your heart. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every heart here, those that are watching online, those that will receive the DVD or CD, those that are here, I pray for their hearts. That same prayer, the apostle Paul prayed that the love of God would abound in their hearts with all knowledge and discernment and they would be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Lord, help Help each of us recognize those areas where the enemies tried to come in. It, it's a work of the enemy. It's not, our enemy's not flesh and blood. Help us, Father, to process these things and, and lay them down at the foot of the cross and declare, Father, that, that you, what the cross is greater than our loss. Say that with me. Father, I thank you for a heart free from offense, a good heart that produces good fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. And today, I make the decision to allow you to help me value the cross greater than my loss. I take off my toddler pants today. I put on my big boy or big girl pants and I grow up in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the Word of God through this message. It's the faithful support of people like you who make this ministry possible. We invite you to prayerfully consider becoming a partner with Andrew Womack Ministries. We maintain a website at awmi.net. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111, or you can write us at P.O. Box 3333, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80934. Until next time, we pray that you'll reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace.